Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. You don't have to stand because it's only one verse. And by the time you stand, I'll be finished. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And all of God's people said, Amen. Today I want to speak to you from the message, Surviving Winter. Surviving, surviving winter. All through the scripture, the Lord uses natural things to communicate spiritual messages. That's really what the Proverbs are. Proverbs brings our attention to ants that we may consider what hard work and teamwork should look like. Jesus talks about how we shouldn't worry about bringing up the garments that the grass and flowers wear, how he clothed them. The Lord speaks through people and he speaks through nature. Today, I would like to ride off the scope of seasons. Seasons is the label that we give to this ever-changing climate around us. Somebody say seasons. We all have some and we all experience some. And depending on where you live, you can experience all of them. That's why I really love living in Virginia. Because we get all the seasons. Now, all of you all from California, y'all get real hot and a little less hot. But in Florida, you know, but here we get we get all of the seasons. Yeah, we all have some and we have to experience them. All of what? All of seasons. I could preach a whole week on seasons because there are so many messages in every season. I could preach about the heat of the summer, the pollen of the spring. And could even minister about the foliage of autumn. But today, the Lord really pressed it upon my heart. And I feel it necessary to share with you about surviving the season called winter. Winter. Winter is experienced during the time where a geographical region is the furthest from the sun. The solstice. It's, in other words, winter is oftentimes... When someone goes through that season, they can feel far or distant from God. When you go through a winter season, it's like when God goes silent. You know, when you're in the heat of it, when you, when you can feel the sun on you, everything makes sense, right? But when you go through a winter season of your life, it can make you feel distant, not just from people, but even from God. Due to this distance, it creates a cold climate. Temperatures drop around you, disrupting your comfortability. How do you deal? How do you handle? How do you survive moments when you feel distant from God? Now, I just want to be honest. Anybody have ever felt distant from God? I mean, you know you're saved. You think during those times, right? So how do I deal with it? Because, Bishop, I'm at a place now where I'm praying, and I'm praying because I know it's right to pray, but I don't feel nothing when I pray. That's why I want to tell you all, prayer is not a posture of emotion. It's a posture of obedience. You don't wait to feel it. And, and you don't have to feel it in order for it to work. I'm serious. Like, you know how sometimes if you go into prayer and you're not feeling it, you come on out of it. <laughs> you know? If you're really feeling it, you can be in it an hour. 
Isn't that something that when you're not feeling it, you can try to put all the words together. But when you're feeling it, you don't need to put no words together. You can actually just stay in his presence and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it all makes sense, right? It's a whole saying Jesus is communicating a whole lot, right? Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you don't have to feel it to pray. So hold on, you tell me just pray and I, don't, I feel distant from God. How is that working for me? How do I deal with it? Well, I'm going to tell you something. When you start feeling distant from God, I'm going to give you this remedy. I'm going to give you this to move closer. Because, right, there are moments God hides from us. I will say that. He's always with us and hiding. (laughs) Because there are moments that God wants to challenge us in our spiritual growth. And if he doesn't hide, we won't seek. And if he's always where we always go, we'll never be challenged to move deeper and higher in him. I'm not screaming, but I'm preaching loud. But then there are moments where it's on us. There's a story about uh, this couple riding a pickup truck. I was just telling somebody the other day, I'm just fascinated by how many years we went without car seats and all of those things. I mean, we rode on the back of the pickup truck. And we wanted to sit on the wheel. Right? No car seats, no seat belts, right? And that, that roll, oh my goodness. Oh, how I would love, again, just with my papa driving and I'm sitting in the middle and my grandma on the side and me looking through the window at my cousin's the little sliding window to the back. It's, it's a story that says in the country, this older couple who've been married for a long time, they're riding the pickup truck and the and the wife says, you're different. Like we used to be close. You know, even we used to ride together in the truck. We used to be caught up in close and like a man does <laughs> not saying much. And she just kept on saying we used to be close. And he looked at her and says, I didn't move. If there's a space in this seat it's because you moved away I'm still in the same place and sometimes we feel distant from God and we haven't realized we've gotten so consumed with our lives that God blessed us with that we don't have time for God anymore we moved and expect to still feel closeness we're waiting for God to do something else and God says I already moved close to you when I dethroned my spirit down into humanity and came through 40 and two generations just to be close to you. The song says, what more can he do? Move closer. So what does that mean? Go where you can find him. If you can't find God where you are, go where he is. Jeremiah 29 and 13 says this. If you shall seek me, you'll find me. If you search for me with your whole heart, if you search, this is what I want to say to you. And and because I don't want you to fight me, I want everybody in this room to look at somebody beside you and tell the person beside you, tell them, search after God like you searched after sin. With that same passion where you needed a hit, 
that same passion when you needed a fix. That same passion that although it's late and you should not be eating, you are Googling and Uber eating and you insomnia your cookies. I just need something. Search after God like you searched after sin. There was no price you were not willing to pay when that urge hit you. There was no limit on the miles you were willing to drive. Oh, y'all y'all looking at me a little strange in here, but some of y'all be honest with me. You left home at night and came back in the morning. Talking about churches too long. Somebody shout, move closer. It's the reason why some people in the northern part of the U.S., when they retire, they move south. Because they want more of the sun. They want more of the, more of the sun. What is it that you desire more of? When you want more of God, you have to make moves closer to him. You have to make decisions that bring you closer to God. That, that means you may have to shift from some people you've been around. You, you may have to disconnect. It doesn't have to make sense to friends. It doesn't have to make sense to family. It's when you feel at a distance, you have to move closer. What you have to realize that even when we go through these winter seasons, the sun is still there. Although you can't feel it, and although there are moments you can't feel God, realize that if he wasn't there, you, it would be a whole lot worse. And I want to say this because some of you get in your emotions. You're like, where is God? Where is God? Y'all say pray. Where is God? Listening to you complain and not killing you. Where is God? Putting the air in your lungs, allowing you to inhale and exhale while you bring a case against him. Where, where is God? Hallelujah. He's there the whole time. Because all of us who've been in bad situations can be can look back and says, hold on. Even in my bad situations, God was a good God. Because, hallelujah. Because if he wasn't, hallelujah. I know some people, hallelujah, that went through some of the same stuff. I went, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Every once in a while, God will let you go by somebody, near somebody, just to show you what it really could have been. I said sometimes see sometimes God will bring you by people and get you near people and, and let you overhear conversations just to let you see how it really would have been if he hadn't sustained you oh Messiah, glory be to God Ooh, I, without no music I want you to thank God for keeping you in bad seasons Come on, I'm not, yeah it was a bad season be honest it was, it was a challenging season but if he hadn't sustained me Come on, grief would have consumed you if he hadn't sustained you. The breakup, the divorce would have destroyed you if he hadn't sustained you. The church hurt would have kept you from ever going back to church again in your life if he hadn't sustained you. Oh, it broke you, but it didn't destroy you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He sustained me even in some bad seasons. Although the distance is a feeling, 
It is often substantiated with evidence, realizing that God has the ability to be present, a present help and a distant presence all at the same time. And it's not always your fault. It's not always because you didn't pray hard enough. I need to free somebody in here. It's not always because you didn't fast enough. It's not always because you haven't read your Bible enough. Sometimes certain seasons are called for certain distances. And you can't explain it because you don't understand it all yourself. I may not know how it works and why it's happening, but what I do know that it is necessary for you to survive it. No, you'll go through seasons and you're like, I have no idea why I'm feeling like this. I should be happy. You know, I really should be. I really should be happy. And it's, it's nothing for somebody to do, I don't think. You know, I don't want to seem ungrateful. But I'm in a no man's land. And I'm the man. I'm, I, I feel like a stranger in my own house. I feel like a visitor at my own church. <sighs> Mentally and emotionally. I know a lot, but I don't know this place. Hmm. And automatically, you start thinking, hold on, what have I done wrong? It's seasons. It's easy for you to blame you because you are accustomed to being wrong. We're sin conscious, right? David says, y'all help me with this one. He says, my sins are forever what? Before me. Like, it's, it's before me. I have to work hard to have confidence. I have to work hard to stand and hold. Oh, you're like, look at he's so confident. No, 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 no. You don't realize I had to coach myself through. Hold your head up. Stick your shirt. Hold your shoulders up. Because my every, every sin. Not, no, and let me tell you now. I want to be honest with y'all. I live right most of the time. Okay. No, no, most of the time. I live a holy life. No, no, really. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even feel comfortable to come up here, right? I live, but, but I realize, I said most of the time, because God will fix it, that I'll never stand up here on my own merit. I'll never stand up here in my own ability. He will always fix it, that it'll be most of the time, not all the time, to remind me that I need him. But my challenge is, it's not present sin. When I says my sins are ever before me, it's past all the way up to present. So anytime I go through a challenging moment, my mind, because I'm sin conscious, automatically tries to connect it to something four years ago. Try to connect it to something six. Oh, I want to help you in here. Six months ago. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, it's not all the time because of sin. Look at your neighbor. Tell him it's seasons. It's, it's seasons you have to go through. And I want to tell you because you need to survive it. Because if not, you're going to make bad decisions in winter seasons. Your marriage can go through a winter season. That's not an excuse to leave the marriage. You go through a winter season in the church. That's not a, a reason to leave the church. Even at your job. 
Because of the drop in temperature during the winter, the only way you're going to survive its frigid nature is to put on more clothes. Now, when I go to our church in Brazil, most of the homes in Brazil do not have heaters. And when I say most of the homes, I can say 90 some percent of the homes. Why? Because the climate, it does get cold there, but the cold temperature doesn't last long enough for the investment of heat. They said, this ain't our normal. So we're not going to invest all of our energy in something that's temporary. This ain't Alaska. This ain't New York. It's just going to be a few weeks. If I can survive the few weeks of cold temperatures, I'll be good. So how are you going to survive it? You know what they do in Brazil? They put on clothes. No, really. They literally layer themselves. They go to bed with layers on. <laughs> yes. They go in and turn the hot water on in the shower. <laughs> And then jump in as quickly as they can. Nobody's complaining about it because they've learned how to survive winter. And, and Apostle Paul says, if you want to survive this warfare, put on the whole armor of God. And then I'm going to give you all another scripture that we don't quote that much. Apostle Paul says, he don't just say put on the whole armor of God. He says, put on Jesus. What season can Jesus not handle? Put on Jesus. What room can he go in and he not adjust the temperature? Put on Jesus. Have this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who has the ability to be present, but also knowing the outcome. If you're visiting with us today and you're looking for a different sermon. This is no, this is the one you need. You need to be able to survive. This you need to you need to wrap up. You need to cover up. When you're going through a winter season, you need a covering. You need a church. You need a pastor. You need accountability. I know you're I, I know you're headed. I know you're hard-headed and your head's strong. But as my grandmother would say, it's cold out there. You better put some on your head. Leaving your head uncovered hmm, leaves you susceptible to the climate and the infirmities that come with it. I'm warning somebody here to this morning. The Bible says, I'll give you a garment of praise. Hallelujah. For the spirit of heaviness. As we come in into this winter season, some of you there spiritually, but I want you to know naturally, as we come into this winter season, lesser hours of sunlight will cause many to deal with winter depression. It's called by the clinical world, seasonal affective disorder. More people deal with this in the winter more than any time. When you're going through a winter season, the way you survive it is you stay with the flock. Interact with your family. 
I know you don't feel like it, but stay connected with your friends. There is a time to pull away, but not while you're going through winter. <laughs> I'm just doing me. Now, uh-uh, no, no. You're going through winter, and you know the holidays can bring up grief and different things. Drag yourself in the room. If you, even if you sit on the sofa beside them and don't talk, just get up under them and just lay your head on their shoulder. Even though you don't like football and, they, and it ain't your team or whatever, just get in the space. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor you need friends. Y'all, uh, come on, you need friends. All I need is God. No, you need God in somebody. When you're going through a harsh winter season, you need people around you. You need them for, them for encouragement. You need them for energy. You need them for heat. You just may realize that you're not the only one going through a winter season. We, we may both be dealing with winter. But don't you know if we stick close together, we got a better chance of surviving. <sighs> Two are better than one. There are times when you're going through and when you're hanging around people, they may wonder about your motives, but just tell them, I don't want your money. I don't want your body. I just want your heat. <laughs> when it's cold, I don't like sitting beside somebody that ain't got no heat. In this season, you must be willing to sacrifice your personal space for somebody else's survival. Because while you're saving them, you just may be saving yourself. I know you want to talk about being sanctified and sanctification and consecration is a work of the Lord. But isolation is the work of man. Oh, I'm going to say it again. Oh, I ran past it. I'm going to say it again. Come on, Morgan. Record me saying this. Sanctification and consecration is an act of the Lord, but isolation is an act of flesh. God will sanctify you, but if he, even if he pulls you away from people, he pulls you away from people for a purpose. He pulls you away from them for a season for them. When he pulled Moses out of Egypt, he pulled Moses out of Egypt to send him back to Egypt. When he took Joseph away from his family, he took Joseph away from his family so he could save his family. My prayer is that you would get a revelation behind your sanctification instead of just feeling like your sanctification makes you better than them. Oh, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't go to the movies. I don't wear that. I, okay, I'm glad you found out what you don't do. Now, what have you been called to do? What was that about? What's all that about? Because God ain't never been intimidated by your knees. I don't show my knees. Okay, good. He made your knees. He know about your knees. I'm glad your knees are covered and I think you should be modest. But what is the power behind your modesty? I don't drink. I'm sanctified in that. I, I, I leave the liquor on the table, but I got a revelation behind why I don't drink. I don't just hold it up as a banner. Oh, I'm better than the whole world because I don't drink. I don't drink no wine. I don't eat no swine. I mean, I do eat swine. I do eat pig and bacon, but you know what I'm saying. I don't drink because God has raised me up with an assignment. 
to break the spirit of alcoholic addiction off of people's bloodline. What is the purpose behind your sanctification? So you can't just stay away and stay separate because God is saving you for somebody. Thank y'all so much for being patient. I'll close with this. How am I going to survive this winter? I'm going to keep moving. So you can't say, as soon as the weather change, as soon as things get better, as soon as I pay off some things, as soon as I lose some weight, as soon as I save some money, how many have been guilty of all those phrases before, right? After, after. Because moving in the winter is hard. Getting out of the bed in the winter is hard. But if you're going to survive it, keep moving. You may feel numb, but keep moving. The winter is the moisturizing of your soil for the next season. God is bringing you through the thawing season. It's painful, but it's working. They used to say when I was growing up, my, my grandmother in the, uh, in the uh, Gretna would look at my Francis June apple tree. And if the winter was real bad, they said, oh, that tree going to be loaded this this summer. Oh, we're going to have us plenty of apples this summer. Oh, we making apple pies, apple cobblers, fried apples. She would be saying that while the tree is loaded with snow and there was snow on the ground. Because the harshness of the winter speaks of the magnitude of the harvest. Keep moving. With all of your questions, keep working. Keep, keep moving. Tell your neighbor, I got to survive this winter. This is, a, this is a hard winter. Because I lost some people. And the holidays are going to consistently remind me of it. But I got to survive it. I'm going through a financial winter. But I got to put my pennies together. I got to make it stretch. I got to survive it. I'm going through an emotional winter. I don't even recognize myself and I'm still trying to be present for my friends and my family. But I've got to survive it because if my winter is harsh, that means my harvest is bountiful. Hmm. So look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, stay close. Stay Stay close. Stay close. I want you to look for me. Look for me. Look for me. If I don't answer your call on the first time, if I don't respond to your text, text me again. Hallelujah. Call me again. If I don't show up to church the first Sunday, give me a moment. I may be out of town with my family. But if I don't show up the following week, call me. Now, I may get a little annoyed by you. And I may get a little frustrated and say, look at her calling me again. But 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 the more you call me, it's going to sow a seed on the inside of me. And, and when, I, when I get cold enough, I know where to come to get some heat. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, tell them I can't let you die in this winter. I I can't let you. There are homeless people that are living in the street and they find them cold the next morning and dead because they had no friends. They had no family.
family they had nobody looking for them but I need you to point to somebody tell them somebody is looking for you glory be to God come on pull on them tell them somebody is leaning on you somebody is depending on you you are not an extra person you've been created for purpose you've been created for God's will and God's design I need you to look at somebody tell them you've got to survive this winter I need somebody in this room as I'm on my way to my seat to testify that this ain't your first winter this ain't the first time you've gone through a cold season this ain't the first time you've dealt with depression this ain't the first time you have to fight through your own mental battles but I come to declare to you that the weapons of our warfare they are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds push somebody tell them you gotta push through it you got to push through it some days will be easier than others but you've got to push through it get out of the bed get to the kitchen make you some coffee open up your bible and get to John chapter 14 and begin to declare let not your heart be troubled believe in God believe also in me in my father's house there are many mansions come on keep flipping get over to Psalm 121 and with your head start going down just start saying I will lift my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help my help coming from the Lord which made heaven and earth and when the mornings come and you know you need to go to church and you don't feel like going to church flip over to Psalm 122 and even if you don't feel it begin to declare I was glad when they said unto me let us go tell the kids get up get up get up let us go on your clothes we're going to the church look at your neighbor and said oh neighbor I'm here today cause I'm surviving my winter I'm here today cause there's a purpose behind my praise I'm not shouting just to be shouting but the more I move the more the blood flows I said the more I move the more the blood flows I need this section here to get it I said the more I move the more the blood flows and it reaches to the highest mountain and I celebrate that but even more I celebrate the fact that after reaching to the highest mountain the gravitational pull commands that the blood doesn't stay at the mountain but it flows I said it flows it flows right where I was and it flows right where you are in the valley tell your neighbor I'm in the valley but ain't staying here I need you to tell somebody I'm in the valley 
necessary. It's just a highway. Somebody begin to walk and said, I'm just walking through here. I'm not living here. I'm walking through here. I'm not sleeping here. I'm walking here. And that's why David declared in Psalm 23, verse number one, that the Lord not was, but the Lord, he still is my shepherd.
you gotta, you gotta push through. You gotta. I didn't say it was gonna be easy. I'm gonna tell you. You know why? I danced so hard during Founders Day because I had to push through some stuff, y'all. There were days I felt like a straight up failure. I had to, I had to push it. There were days I cried in the back and I fixed my face and I came out here and preached. And people thought I was acting funny because I left out and didn't speak to nobody. But I had mustered all my strength to do my assignment. Winner's not easy. Winner's not easy. It's not, I'm not going to even pull off. Oh, just let me pull yourself together. If it was that easy, none of us would ever be in winter. I'm not telling you don't cry, but go ahead and cry. When you have your moments, go ahead and have your moments. Then you go in the bathroom and y'all that wear makeup, put it on. Consistency. If I, if I could give you any kind of impartation in this room, because I've had some people say, so you lay hands on me, that I receive the mantle of your prophetic. I want to glean from your pastoral anointing because I feel like I'm going to plant a church. All this stuff is nice. All, really, it's nice. But if I should give you anything, because I can't choose those things for you. But if I could choose you to have any superpower, it would be endurance. Because I'm going to be honest. The devil is already defeated. Y'all get this. He's already defeated, but we still have to go through battles, right? He's already defeated, but it still has to play out. I mean, in the end, it's victory. He can't kill you, but he can distract you. He can't get you to quit. And somebody else has to take the baton out of your cold hands and run with it. My prayer is that you'll endure. You'll endure hardness. That's what the Bible says. Enduring hardness is a good soldier. Who told us living for Christ means everything is going to be perfect? If somebody told you that is wrong, this is a suffering way. It's a self-denying way. But when we deny ourselves and we suffer, it's worship. Did y'all hear what I said? It's worship. So Shafan, we wanted God to heal you with no medicine. No medicine. We were believing God for it. But then you, you had to go take the treatments. But on your way to your treatment, you was worshiping God. And I know God is able. And I know God is going to do it. And while he was plugging you up, you was still, God, you're faithful. That's, that's worship. Your marriage is in a horrible place. And you're still serving your spouse. That's worship. I pray that you'll be consistent. Because you'll never experience what's on the other side of it if you quit in the middle of it. Lift your hands. May you find out what the warfare was really about. 
may you stick it out with God long enough to see what the fight was about. Your victory is determined. May you show up to the finish line to receive the reward. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.